When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. Told you it wasn't Espo and I. No, it was. It was all Saul's Haters. fault. It's Saul's fault. We're late today, so uh, blame him in the chat. Like, oh, Lindsay's not here. That's why they're late every single day last week. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it happens. I don't know what to tell you. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Saul Bookman. And of course, Gerald Borgay is here with us from Denver. Gerald, how's the weather out there? It's been good in spots. It was great on the walk over from my hotel to the practice facility yesterday. And I'm on the way back, it dropped by like 20 degrees and started raining on me. So we're uh, we're taking it as it comes out here. Gerald's okay. just happy that I upgraded him from the hood to the penthouse. <laughs> I can't believe you sent him to the hood. So I didn't so know I up. did. I was like, I'm looking for the Shameful. cheapest hotel possible. You're lucky I didn't put you in a motel because I was like, oh, oh man. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I would like Gerald to come back to Phoenix. I'm just saying. I just, you know, I, I appreciate Gerald being a part of the show, and I, I would just, like him to be able to continue you know, to do that. Before he went to LA, I just felt like he got a little soft. You know, I had to toughen <laughs> him up a little bit. <laughs> I will, I will say, I did tell Saul because we have because of our budget. I did say, you know, I just need somewhere to rest my head. <laughs> he, he, he took that quote. Quite literally, and he found the spot. <laughs> Gerald was like, I, I didn't mean it that He's literally. Like, Damn, well, it was so more of like man? a figure of speech, but you know. They got gates on the windows out yes, here. Like, what the hell, man? Well, Gerald, if push comes to shove, at least you know you've got friends in DNVR out there in Denver. I don't know how they'll treat you, but you kind of need to talk to them. I don't know about that. They've been talking mad shit. I'm just saying. It's okay. But it's going to be fun. It'll be a really fun series between the Suns and the Nuggets, obviously not just because the PHNX DNVR shenanigans that will happen, but because I think we're we're set to have a really good series between these two teams. And I think we should dive into the numbers a little bit more to start the show. We've got a team matchup graphic coming here for you guys right now that will show all the different numbers on how these two teams kind of face off against each other. And Gerald, do you want to break this one down for us? Yeah. So the biggest thing is obviously the Nuggets are a high powered offense and the Suns, their offensive rating doesn't show it because that's the whole regular season mark right there. But since they've had KD, they've been a top two offense in the league. So these are two very high scoring offenses. And as we saw in the last round, um, defenses that are still figuring some things out for the Suns. It's because they've got a bunch of new pieces for the Nuggets. It's because they've been pretty average on that end for the most part. Um, and then you look at the assists, they both like to share the ball a lot. So this feels like a very different series compared to the Clippers series where the Clippers like to go ISO. The Suns have mid-range scores. We might see a little bit more ball movement in this series. Um, Three-point attempts are one of the few teams that does not attempt as many threes as the Suns. I know that's been a concern here in the playoffs, not getting up enough threes. The Nuggets are in that same boat, or at least they have been. Um, They are really good at scoring in the paint, though. They're fourth in points in the paint there, averaging about nine more points per game in the paint. So that will be a focus for the Suns, who are a top 10 team 
when it comes to protecting the paint, but not very good at getting there themselves. Um, and then fast break points. Ironically enough, both of these teams play really slow, but the Nuggets do a great job of getting out in transition. They're fifth in fast break points and the Suns are dead last. So that'll be something to keep an eye on when you look at how similarly paced these teams are is who can close out defensive stops with rebounds and try and turn those into fast break opportunities. You know, I, I, I do kind of wonder, um, A, has has pace picked up? And I, I asked you these questions because this is not what I looked up. I do have other stats. But um, has pace picked up since Kevin Durant has gotten here? And has pace picked up in the playoffs specifically? Because I know on more than one occasion, the Suns have clamored to play faster. Yeah, they talk a lot about playing faster. And it was kind of funny hearing them talk at practice yesterday about the Nuggets saying that they play fast. And I don't know where they're getting that from because i think the nuggets are like 26th in pace so i think there are some misperceptions about how fast they are i don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of their pace with kevin durant versus without him so it's been pretty similar um maybe even slower just because of the way that their offense has kind of felt stagnant at times since he's come uh, they've, they've gone into a lot of isolation stuff um and especially in that Clippers series it was a lot of your turn my turn basketball so I, I do think this is a good series for the Suns to open up a little bit more of their playbook just because of the Nuggets defensive makeup compared to the Clippers and the fact that, you know, the Clippers threw every defense in the phone book at the Suns in the first round. The Nuggets might have to be more selective in how they go about this because, you know, Nikola Jokic is going to be out there a lot of the time and he plays up to the level on pick and roll a lot, but he's not that same kind of mobile big um, and the Nuggets aren't going to go small that often like the Clippers did. Well, Gerald, uh, the Nuggets did have practice today as well. And Jokic was asked how the Nuggets plan to stop the Suns in pick and roll. And you want to know what he said? I know you know what he said, but I'm going to tell you anyway. He said, pray. Pray. We're just going to pray. Yeah, pray. I mean, that's just as simple as that. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, I, I think when you're talking about that pick and roll, you know, Jokic is going to have a tough time because he's a he's a slower, lumbering kind of guy. Yes, he's he, he can finesse, and yes, he can hold his own. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But at the same time, if the Suns are going to play at an elite level, which you have obviously the MIDI committee um, on on your side, it's, it's like a death by a thousand blows. Like you just – You've got to be prepared for that if you're the Denver Nuggets. And for the Suns, you've got to exploit it. And I think this is a great matchup because when I went through the numbers, relatively, now this is, again, to Gerald's point, the stats can be skewed to a certain degree because the whole season is accounting for no KD necessarily, just eight games of it. Um, but if you look at the numbers, okay, MPJ, 14-7-1, 47%, 40% from three. Jamal Murray, 24, 5, and 6, 47, 41, same thing. AG, 13, 6, 6 and 2, 45, 34. Then you go to, the, go to CP3. This is taking out DA and Jokic because I'll get to them in a second. Um, if you go to CP3, 13.6, 6, and 8, 48, and 37. Slightly better mark than, let's say, Aaron Gordon. Uh, Booker, obviously, in the playoffs, he's been averaging 37 plus. But let's just take his whole regular season, 27.6. Five and five, 47, 37, which is just like Jamal Murray, except a little bit of a notch above. And KD, obviously 29 and four, 47, 45, um, which is better than any one of those other three. Um, when you put in Jokic and DA, DA similarly uh, kind of comes back to a little bit uh, of a higher level Aaron Gordon. Um, and a higher rebounding level, less assists. And then Jokic kind of 
is a is a lower tier Kevin Durant. In my opinion, Ke- uh, the Phoenix Suns have a slight edge over the Denver Nuggets with the big four. I just think that they're a much better big four than what uh, the Denver Nuggets have. It kind of evens out without campaign in the playoffs. It kind of evens out a little bit um, uh, when it comes to their bench. Their bench produces a little bit more, especially in the playoffs, than the Suns have. Um, Torrey Craig has been phenomenal, but the last couple games for Torrey Craig, is kind of, he's kind of come back to earth. So I think the Suns have the advantage in the series, but it's not by it's not by much. I don't think you should expect a sweep or a five-game series, but I'd be shocked if the Suns don't come out of this series with the win. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very competitive series. I think this is a very different Denver team than we saw two years ago, um, just in terms of having more spacing around them. Because in that series, obviously, they were playing with you know Campazzo and Austin Rivers as their guards in that series, and now they've got legitimate floor spacers they're very good in three-point efficiency even though they don't take a ton so they will have more spacing and i think that's something that helps open up the floor a little bit more for Jokic. which if you go back to that series in 2021 he settled for jumpers quite a bit and i wrote about this at gophnx.com if you haven't checked it out already but he da was able to play him physically play him with verticality and have him resort to jumpers and that helped limit his efficiency a little bit and cut off some of his playmaking. And I think those are going to be keys for this series because when Jokic has it going and he's getting other people involved, that's when you're dead in the water against this, this offense, which is a very good offense. So it's going to come down to who can stop who in this series. And honestly, it feels like both teams are going to be searching for answers in the first couple of games about how they're going to do that. I, I want to get to the bench. Okay. The bench to me is the most pivotal part of this whole thing. Um, I, you know, when you look at KCP, you look at Bruce Brown, uh, you look at Jeff Green and Christian Brown. Those are the the main four guys that they have coming off the bench. Now, Jeff Green and Christian Brown, um, they don't they don't put up gaudy stats by any stretch of the imagination. But what they do is they they provide energy. They provide big time uh, kind of moment plays, hustle plays that keeps the the energy in that arena at a high level. Uh, Christian Braun will catch you sleeping and dunk on you if you let him. Um, He plays very aggressively. So you got to make sure that you account for these guys. We saw it too many times, especially at the beginning of the Clippers series, where guys are just roaming roaming around free with no body on them to block out. If these are the types of dudes that will give you second second chance points, energy points, um, and you got to be a you got to account for them. Their three-point shooting is much – it's funny. It's kind of much like the Suns when you're talking about Torrey Craig and you're talking about Josh Okogie. Torrey Craig shot the lights out the first couple games of this series. Um, the last couple uh, the last couple games of the series, not so much. Kind of came back down to his average. Uh, same thing with KCP and Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is shooting 21% from – from three-point range, which is god-awful. He, he has not been good in the playoffs. Um, KCP has been a little bit better. He's been a little bit more consistent, so they've deferred to him. He has the fourth, fourth more most points on their on their team in terms of uh, play. So when you look at guys like Josh Okoge and Torrey Craig, that's basically their version of KCP and Bruce Brown. Maybe you can even throw in Christian Braun because he does get a few, a few minutes. So I think the bench here will have more freedom. I think they will have more opportunity, especially for a guy like Terrence Ross and TJ Warren, which you didn't get anything from in the last series. So though people will look and look at the numbers of the bench and say, well, Denver has a better bench. 
No, they don't necessarily because these guys haven't really had that opportunity. And I, I have a feeling based on matchups and substitution patterns by Mike Malone, the Suns will have more opportunity and hopefully Monty will feel a little bit more secure in giving Terrence Ross a few more minutes than he did before. Torrey Craig a few more – or not Torrey Craig, I'm sorry. TJ uh, Warren. Warren a few more minutes than he did before. And you might see that flip on its uh, – or flip completely. Well, and then you have to take into consideration, too, that campaign is officially off the injury list, so he will be able to play in this series, which hopefully, I mean, we didn't see much of him in Game 5 against Clippers, only three minutes or so, but hopefully we'll see more campaign throughout this series as well against the Nuggets, and that could hopefully add a little bit of juice as well, because campaign is the same type of guy, right? Yeah. He can have those big moments that give you a big burst of energy, and every time he hits the floor, he's got energy, so kind of equals out there a little bit. Million percent. Gerald? Yeah, we were yeah, we were talking to Cam at practice yesterday and he was telling us kind of about his road back. Obviously it's only been like a couple of weeks that he's been out, but um he was saying that after he fell on his tailbone that it hurt to like lay in bed at night. Um and he didn't have the same range of motion, that side to side movement. So, you know, bringing him back, they had to take it slowly because until he could go full speed, they just had no way of knowing what he would be able to provide. So now that he's been able to check off those boxes, I think this is a series where he could be able to make an impact. Because like I said, both of these teams play at a pretty slow half court style offense in that regard. Obviously, the Nuggets get out and transition a lot. But um, I, I think his speed and his energy going downhill coming off some of those screens could really put Jokic and their other bigs in trouble if he's able to turn the corner on them. Um, and that's that's something that's huge because the bench in the last round, Akogi was great. Biombo had some good spurts here and there. And aside from that, it was very limited in terms of how often they were playing and what they were able to contribute. So like I said, I do think this is a series that opens up the Suns offense and hopefully that in turn opens up some of the rotations a little bit. Um, and I would like to see Josh Akogi return to the starting lineup for this matchup. I think that makes the most sense against Jamal Murray. So you have that point of attack defender and can bring what Torrey Craig does off the bench. Uh, we'll see if Monty views it that way and if he sticks with what he's changed his lineup to recently. But I do think this is a great series for Akogi because Murray has been playing great or he played great basketball in the last round. Um, and he's been looking a lot more like himself. Yeah, he had 27.2 points per game and shot 47.1% against the Timberwolves in those five games. So that's always, that's been a big question. There's a lot of people in the chat who are asking, like, who's guarding who in this matchup? Mm -hmm. Like, who who's going to be on Jamal Murray? Like, who's going to guard Book? Who's going to mm -hmm. guard KD? Do you guys have any, obviously you said you think, or you would hope Josh Okogie would be in the starting unit to maybe take on that uh, job with Jamal Murray. But what do you think about on the flip side? Who's guarding Book? Who's guarding KD? Chris Paul? Listen, that's that's going to be a tough thing. That's going to be a really tough one because I think the the Nuggets have a tougher time matching up with the Suns than the Suns do the Nuggets. That's just my opinion. I think Jamal Murray matching up against like maybe Devin Booker, that's going to be a problem Like because Devin Booker is that dude. And I don't care what any Denver Nuggets fans want to say or what the national narrative is on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Devin Booker is a better basketball player than Jamal Murray because he can play on both ends of the floor and he can dominate at both ends of the floor. He is a much, much better player. Just period. So, and then you look at, you know, DA versus Jokic. I think, you know, I think both of them, obviously Jokic is probably going to get the best of that matchup um, and probably not easily. DA is going to make them work. But I also think that there, there might be a little bit of a sleep going on when it comes to DA against Jokic. Jokic is a very, 
he's a very he comes off as kind of a, a passive kind of player um even though he's not like he's he's crafty in like the most blah way possible <laughs> i just i don't know how else to say it you know he's just very unassuming he just walks down he's just like a brontosaurus passes, is that what just, we're talking about even again? when he's on offense he just is kind of like he just he makes it look easy like he's a phenomenal player because he does make it look easy but at the same time like he he has even admitted that da um is a tough matchup um and probably plays him the best so i am very excited about about what we're about to see because I, I do feel like there's a little bit more of a sense of freedom where we're playing against the Nuggets defensively. I think their best defender, to be honest, is probably Aaron Gordon. Um, Aaron Gordon, he, he can play multiple positions, but he also has a propensity to foul a lot. And so if the Suns are aggressive, listen, if they try to put Aaron Gordon on KD, pigeon. Um, if they try to put anybody else, if they want to try and put Bruce Brown or KCP on KD, Pigeon. Like, they don't have a matchup for KD. They just simply do not. He is too good in too many ways to be guarded by any one of those guys. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think with this series, they're probably going to start with Gordon on KD and see how that goes. I would assume KCP is on Booker. Um, and I think they might try, they might be hoping that Chris Paul is more of the off-ball guy. We've seen him be this this year and put Jamal Murray on him um you could see a scenario where maybe they try to do what the clippers did with nicholas batum and and bother chris paul with some length for when he is on the ball they might try that with michael porter jr um he has improved a lot defensively this year i don't know if he's improved that much because i feel like if chris paul has uh mpj on him he's going to put him in a lot of actions with Jokic, and that that feels problematic if you're denver yeah. um, same thing with murray and Jokic in those pick and roll actions i, I think that's going to be a problem spot for them in this series. So it, it's hard to say where they're going to match up. Um, you know, we even saw the Clippers try and get away with putting a smaller guy on DA and hiding their center on a Tory Craig. We might see that in spurts. If they continue to put uh, Jokic in pick and roll actions, maybe they hide him on a Kogi or Tory Craig, but those guys have been good screeners and I'm pretty sure the Suns are going to continue to target him no matter what. So it really is going to come down to which team can actually get some stops late in games because we could be looking at scores in the 120s, 130s for these two teams. I know on game five the other day, somebody was like, the the Suns are going to give up a 70-point or an 80-point half to the Nuggets. But I, on the flip side, it could be the exact same thing. Yeah, it'd be wild. It'd be wild. I, That'd be insane. I think the other matchup that <clears throat> I, I know the fans are probably talking more about than the players is just the fact that both fan bases absolutely oh. hate each other. And, and, and more, I this is very rare when we can say this, um, I feel like the Denver fans have an inferiority complex when it comes to the Suns, ironically speaking, because we haven't won a championship either. But for whatever reason, maybe it was the Suns in four, but I feel like it was even before that. Denver just hates Phoenix. I don't get it at all. Like we're constantly in their head about, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand it. I just don't, I don't understand it. I, I think if you go back to that season when they met in the playoffs leading up to that, playoff matchup if i'm not wrong there were like they had a back to back in phoenix where the nuggets took both games and there was that one game that was like overtime jamal murray traveled mm -hmm. it was ruled mm -hmm. later but it wasn't yeah. called and so he hit a big shot to tie it and force ot and they lost that game and that was kind of early in the year when they were still figuring things out 
I think there was a lot of um, animosity between the two fan bases because of that back-to-back. And then you fast forward to the playoffs. And um, I don't think anybody in Phoenix, at least I wasn't saying that, you know, the Suns would still have swept them if they had, you know, Jamal Murray healthy and whatnot. But I still think that they would have won the series. And the fact that Suns fans are not saying like, oh, the Nuggets would have took them to seven or something like that. I think that infuriates them for whatever reason. Uh, I think they do view this series as like, this is our best shot in terms of winning a title and what better way to do it than against this very Suns team that beat us two years ago that just added KD that everyone in the national media is talking about, even though hints, they're not really doing that. Um, I I feel like this is kind of their, not their Super Bowl. They want to win a title. Um, And Michael Malone was saying like, we're not, you know, rallying around this cry of revenge against the Suns. But I think for the fan base, it would definitely mean a lot to beat this particular Suns team. Uh, Yeah. Well, I think the other thing is, is just that like both fan bases, like you're going back to your point about the, about the bubble and the 20, like Jamal Murray, not playing right. That was the, the Denver Nuggets way of trying to minimize what the Suns did and Suns fans just were not having it. And that's why they didn't back down and say, Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. Like any, any basketball fan will tell you Jamal Murray's going to make a difference. Like he might win you a game or two in that series for sure. Like we're not debunking that, but I will also say this, like, bro, if you're going to come with it, you better come with it. And the fact that these two teams have played Jamal Murray or not, like Denver has a lot on the line right now, because if they, let's just say they lose this series and let's just say they lose in like four or five, you have got to completely rethink your franchise. Mm-hmm. You do. If you're the Denver Nuggets, you've been hanging your hat on health. If we were if we we're healthy, everything's going to be okay. If we're healthy, we're a championship contending team. Well, you were the number one seed this year. You backed it up. Cool. You got to do it in the playoffs. If you get bounced like another number one seed did just a year ago, guess what? You're going to get the same shit your way, and karma is a bitch. I'm telling you that right now. Because I remember I remember people literally dancing on their podcast about the Suns getting eliminated. Fine. Cool. Just remember, what goes around comes around. If that shit happens in this series, oh my fucking God, we're going to see a goddamn party in here like you've never fucking seen. Oh uh, anyway, so anyway, and, will- but for the Suns, but for the Suns, if they should lose the series, not all is lost. You still got KD. You still got book. You got to figure out what to do with CP3 and you got some moves that you got to make, but you can, you don't have to revamp and retool the whole idea because you have gotten to the finals even without KD. So I, that, that's my two cents and I'm sticking to it. I kind of feel like the fan base beef is probably a lot to do with the fact that the Nuggets were so they were shorthanded during that series between the Suns and them a few years back. And even though they were screaming at the top of their lungs, like that's the reason why it was happening. I feel like Suns fans, because the whole Suns in four thing and all that yeah. shenanigans, all we were doing was just laughing. Like we weren't taking any of it serious. Like we were being petty as fuck. Like don't get like we were. The sun, you can't say yeah. we weren't. The Suns in four. So yes. If, so if we were reversed, I would hate them too because. 
it would if if we were out like Devin Booker or something in that series and we got swept, we'd be like, but we didn't have Devin Booker. And if they just sat there and laughed in our faces and then the whole Suns and Fourth <laughs> thing took off, I would feel some type of way as well. I, I mean, so I, I think it's more them towards us than us towards them. The Suns and Fourth thing took on a life of its own uh, for like that first week too. But after that, it was it, to me it was kind of cringe, and everybody else wanted to run with it the entire playoffs, which is fine. It's your choice, and you could do that. And that was the moment, and that's fine. But. It just kind of became you a just, battle cry. Almost. You you can't just you know, the the recipe just can't be that for the next two years, and that's exactly what it's been. Oh, okay, I remember this. Like, okay, you live your life in vengeance. Guess what? You're going to end up being Darth Vader, and things are going to back and backfire. Love the reference. First of all, uh, second of all, <laughs> I yeah, the the, the sons and four thing definitely wore it out its welcome very quickly, especially when you chant that up 2-0 in the finals and then yes. proceed to lose the next four. Yep. That felt. I don't want to say karmic because it's not like the fans had any sway over that situation, but uh, they kind of got what was coming to them with those chants. I, I feel like it's one, it is, it's not an inferiority complex. It's a, I think every NBA fan base needs to accept the fact that when you play somebody in the playoffs, those two fan bases are going to hate each other by the yeah. end. Look at, look at the yeah. way the Suns and Pelicans fan bases have gone. Look at, Suns Mavs, even though that has, you know, longstanding history. Suns Clippers now after two playoff series, everything that we're going to hear from the Clippers is, man, if we were healthy, it'd be different. Um, we took you to five games without Kawhi for three of them and whatnot. And it's totally fair. Like every fan base is going to rationalize their playoff performance in some way, or if this would have happened, we would have won, whatever. I, I don't think the Suns approach it that way at all. Listening to them talk at practice the last two days, uh, Monty used that term appropriate fear in terms of respecting their opponents. Um, and, and he's heated them as, you know, the number one seed in the West, Jokic being a two-time MVP. Uh, DA always gets up for this matchup because of that respect and admiration that he has for Jokic. So it's a good thing that the Suns are approaching it differently than the fan base, I think, because <laughs> a lot of our fan base is assuming that we're going to wrap this up um, I, I think it's going to be a tougher series. And I honestly think whoever wins this series is probably going to win the West. They would be my pick to win the West. So I, I think this is a much tougher semifinals matchup than the last time these two teams meet. I'd still give the Suns the edge in this matchup, but I, I do think the Nuggets have some advantages and their offense is going to be tough to stop. I know, I know the Denver Nuggets don't really fear the Suns. At mm -hmm. least that's what they've said. They're just they're mm -hmm. they think they're a good team and they want to play them. But and I know they want they want retribution. They do. They, you can't you can't ignore that. That is absolutely true. But I would also say the same thing about one Mr. Devin Booker. Because mm -hmm. Mr. Devin Booker doesn't forget what you say about, you know, said Jamal Murray not being a part of this series and he hears what is being talked about. You can't tell me for a second that he doesn't, he won't be ready to go tomorrow. Like I'm ready to go tomorrow. I don't ever get hyped about games. I want to fucking run through the goddamn wall right now. Let's fucking go. Ah, you're going to break the table. Almost, almost um, but drink. from Devin's perspective too, it, it's not just like what you said as far as like Jamal Murray being healthy, but Albert brought up in the chat too. Remember when Jokic and campaign got into a little kerfuffle mm -hmm, and book mm -hmm. was pissed off about that. Like there's a little bit, it may not be as big as like the Mavs type of disdain for each other, but there's a little something there for sure. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be a fun series though. I'm it's really looking forward to it. And it starts tomorrow. 
The game will tip off at 5.30 p.m. We're going to be hosting a watch party out at BetMGM Sportsbook. It's a fucking party. Get your ass out there. It's going to be a blast. Not only will BetMGM be doing um, some like deposit matches and Mm -hmm. surprise goody things that they'll have for everyone who comes out. There's going to be food and beverage specials. Obviously, the game will be on the big screen. We'll be out there. It's going to be a blast. So come hang out with us. It is presented by Neutral. Um, there's going to be happy hour pricing, $6 rally, the Valley margaritas, which I've heard are really good. And I heard the food was bomb. I heard Mac and Sean talking about it today, saying how good the food at the BetMGM Sportsbook is. So plan to come hang out with us again tomorrow. BetMGM Sportsbook out in Glendale at State Farm Stadium. And also, if you have not signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you sign up and use bonus code PHNX because there's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you'll get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, if you use that bonus code PHNX. Now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. And of course... And of course, you can check the show notes for full details on all of that as well. Also, if you're coming from the East Valley, I would recommend stopping at Circle K on your way out there. You could fuel up on gas. You could also pick up some snacks and some drinks and things for the ride there and the ride back. So I'm talking to you. Um, blessings for you for living in the East Valley and making that track. But honestly, it's not that bad. I booked my round trip tickets. On Saturdays, the traffic is actually pretty light. It's really easy going both ways. And it's also not a terrible drive anymore now that you've got multiple routes to get out there. And there are Circle Ks along all of the routes. So you can stop in. You can get a Polar Pop, which will stay cold, even though it's hot as you know what outside you could get an iced coffee for just a dollar 89 whatever it is you need circle k has you covered so make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they have head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find a circle k near you okay we have a couple super chats here first one from han han thank you so much said is landale going to be available he's been available but do you think jock will get some run he might get some run he might get some run I, i i just don't know i think busy's Busy defensively is is what Monty's really, really focusing on. So it's it's hard to predict what Monty's going to do in this series. It's hard to predict, even when somebody's playing good, what he's going to do um, in this series. If your name isn't Chris Paul, Devin Booker, or, or Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be surprised if we see Jock in this series. Honestly, I felt like last series would have been a really good one for him to be a part of, um, just because of the way he's able to attack their drop coverage. I don't think the Nuggets are going to be playing drop coverage. Um, They might switch up to it if Jokic keeps getting burned in it. But, you know, Jokic is going to be on the court quite a lot. I think the only way we see Jock, an offensive-minded player over Busy, who's more on the defensive end, is if Busy and DA are both in foul trouble and they need just a different look for a few minutes. Um, Could be wrong on that, but this doesn't feel like a Jock series to me. All right. And then El Coronel uh, said, realistically, Suns in six or Nugs in seven. But it would be so sweet if the Suns win in four again. Denver fans hate us. Go Suns. I won't make you guys say what you think will happen in this series just yet. We'll talk 
a little bit about the Jokic and DA matchup first, and then I'll make you give us your prediction. So we've got numbers for Jokic and DA here as well. Saul, you want to break this one down for us? Yeah, you know, these, these are regular se- – this is total stats, right? So 20.7 for DA, 27.7 for Jokic, and then uh, 12 and 11 for DA, Jokic on in the rebounds. Uh, DA doesn't really get many assists. Uh, Jokic does at close to eight. Uh, they both shoot around 60%, so 61.5 for DA and then Jokic uh, at 60.5. However, when you look at their individual matchup, and what the thing I want to focus on is the, the field goal percentage. All right. Uh, when we talk about DA versus Jokic in the playoffs, uh, DA averages about 14 and 11. Uh, you can take down the graphic now, Jacob. Uh, 14 and 11, and he shoots 61% from the field. Uh, Jokic in the playoffs, uh, or against DA in the playoffs, averages 25, 13, and, and basically six assists. But his shooting percentages drop. And it, and it drops to 47.7% and only and below 30% from three. Um, one of the things that people were clamoring for on the Denver side was for Jokic to be a little bit more assertive in the fourth quarters of their games. He felt like they felt like he kind of he was facilitating too much um, and not being as aggressive as, as they would want him. But that's his game. He's not going to force anything. He's not. If you give him the shot, he's going to take it. If it, but he's not going to just run around you and dominate. Uh, that's how good he is, though. He is one of the most efficient basketball players we've ever seen. Like he is, he is an elite basketball player, and I, I don't want that to get uh, you know misconstrued. He's an elite basketball player, but Da for whatever reason forces him to work just a little bit more um, to get his, and I think that's a good thing. And obviously, it's a good thing, and I think that's going to be make a difference because it makes other guys have to work a little bit harder to get open, or or forces him to have to try and force up things. I think that's why you saw him get a little bit frustrated in that four game sweep. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's a four game sweep. You're getting it handed to you in the fourth game, and it's frustrating. Whatever, but um, Da for whatever reason, it, you know some some players just catch your eye in in not a great way, and it's difficult to kind of figure them out. And I think Da is one of those guys for Jokic. But he does, but Jokic isn't a scrub when he plays against DA. Let's not get that, you know, let's, let's not get that twisted. It's not like he's averaging like 18 and four and four and he's like so far below his regular averages. He's still a good, good player. It's just a little bit of a notch down. And I think that little bit in this series could pay a huge dividend. Which, when you're talking about somebody like Nikola Jokic, that's exactly what you would need from your opponent, right? He's come out and said multiple times that DA is one of the guys who maybe gives him a little bit of the most trouble of anybody in the league. And then when you talk about these type of athletes and, you know, you ask the opposing team, like, how do you contain them? How do you stop them or whatever? Every single answer is always the cliche. You don't. You just do your best to make them work. And that's what DA does to Jokic. And that's all you can really ask for when you're talking about a guy of his caliber. Yeah, for sure. Right. And that's been kind of the question that I've had for Monty and some of the other guys. And they've said step one for this is just embracing that challenge and understanding that you can't get deterred when Nikola Jokic hits tough shots because it's going to happen. Um, if you look back through Jokic's shot attempts in that playoff series two years ago, he settled for jumpers quite a bit because, like I said, they didn't have the floor spacing shooters around him that they have now. So I think that opens the floor up for him to attack a little bit more. But, you know, going back to that ejection in game four, the play that triggered him was DA playing physically and playing with verticality. And that's going to be key to the series. He bumped him on a shot attempt. Jokic thought it was a foul. He was frustrated. He took that frustration foul out on campaign. 
and his series and his season were done at that point. Not that that's going to happen again, but it is a situation where DA has to play him that same way, contest those jumpers as best he can without fouling and be able to play him with physicality and verticality to avoid picking up fouls because Jokic is going to have more room to operate on offense than he did the last time that they've met. And if you look at his numbers uh, playing against Jokic or playing against Aiton in the regular season since then, he's been a lot more effective um, You know, during that playoff series when DA was guarding him specifically, NBA.com says that he held him to 41% shooting and 28% from three in their meetings since then. I think it's been three games. Uh, he shot 64% against DA, only 22% from three, but it's a low number of attempts. So that is something to keep an eye on. Jokic has gotten the best of DA um, the last few times they've met in the regular season. So Aiton is not only going to have to channel a more effective version than he was in the first round, but that version that we saw during that 2021 run, um, he's, he's just going to have a, have to have a much better series on both ends of the floor compared to what we saw against the Clippers. Yeah, I agree. So we have another super chat from Han. Han, thank you for your super Can chat. This one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry for the super chat spam. Just love you, fam. But I see the difference in this series being Gordon cannot leave Durant to be a rim protector. If he does, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> also, Han, never be sorry about sending a super chat. Know. That's what they're there for. Send them away, 100%. Also, I did want to address something else in the chat earlier. Uh, Ryan G asked, uh, he's flying in on Thursday. Where's the PHNX party? Uh, unfortunately, if you're flying in on Thursday, that means you're coming for the next two home games. And for home games, we don't have anything going on. I'm so sorry. Buzz yeah, I guess I forgot about that one. Yeah. Those, those are away game parties. Yeah. Away, away game parties, parties, yes. My bad, Ryan G. Mm, whoops. All the away games. So if you're in town for the away games, game five, Have right? fun at the game. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, well, here's a video of Jokic from practice today uh, talking about playing DeAndre. Well, it's a good fight down there. You know, uh, he's a talented player. He he never had an opportunity or chance to be the main guy, if that makes any sense. But uh, I think he has a talent for that. Um, he's a... Uh, I don't want to say he's playing over the others, but he's really good in uh, be, be on the right spot in the right time, and uh, he's really efficient, efficient down there. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun for all of us, right? Like this will be an exciting matchup through and through. Watching yeah. those two battle it out, watching the rest of the guys, even down to the benches, go toe to toe with one another. Like we are in for a treat with this one. So now I'm gonna ask you guys. What's your what's your uh, sons and what nuggets and what what's your prediction? Um, for me, I just I think it's going to be sons and six. Um, I, I just I don't see a scenario where either team gets the advantage in five. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and if man, if it was, it's probably because somebody got injured. To be honest with you, I just don't see a scenario where like both teams are very very good and they match up very very well. And it's tough to play in Denver. Uh, it's not easy. It's tough to play in L.A. against the Clippers and what they threw at you, too. And they didn't even have Paul George and Kawhi. So I can't imagine the Suns are just going to, you know, mollywop the, the Denver Nuggets. I think they have a slight advantage, but they got to play up to that level. And if they don't, they're going to get beat. And the Nuggets are a very, very good team. And they've shown that this this series or this year. So I'm going to say Suns in six, but I think it's going to be it could go seven. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say Suns and six, and if it's not that, I think it might be Nuggets and seven, but I'm going to go Suns and six on this series. I think you look at the Nuggets splits this season. They're 34 and seven at home. They've been tremendous. 
when they're at home. And obviously they have home court advantage, only 19 and 22 on the road. I think if the Suns can find a way to steal a game on the road, especially in one of these first two games, they have a good chance of keeping, you know, closing this thing out at home and taking advantage of their home games. Um, but I do, I do think this is going to be, this might be their most challenging matchup before the finals if they get that far. I think it's their toughest matchup in the West. And like I said, I do think whoever wins this series is probably going to win the West. Yeah, so the chat also thinks this will be a longer series. Um, we've got Ryan G, Suns in six. Uh, if we win tomorrow, Ryan G says Suns in five. Freddie making jokes already. I got the refs in four. Uh, Charles Little Pike, Suns in six. And then Elizabeth, Suns in seven. And then Ozzy Podfather, these first two games are important. We need to take one of them. I agree with that. I do think coming home down to is not a situation you want to find yourself in whatsoever. Um, so you got to take at least one of them. But if you guys are so excited for tomorrow and the game to finally be here, they are having trouble sleeping tonight. Might I recommend our friends over at OGs? They have a sleepy time edition gummy. It's a CBN THC two to one ratio that will flavor your dreams. It is in the aqua berry flavor and it's really delightful. And these have the compound that specifically helps with relaxation. It helps with falling and staying asleep. So again, if you are having a hard time sleeping tonight in, in anticipation of tomorrow's game, check out our friends over at OG's Brands. You can find them at your local dispensary or by checking out ogsbrands.com. You do have to be 21 years or older and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Also, I think this is one of those series where I would encourage Suns fans to travel to some of the uh, away games. A million percent. And it's the game time game of the week, which mm. is where you guys have to tell me how much you think games cost on the game time app. Uh, so for these first two away games, what are you guys thinking? Tomorrow and Monday, how much do you think you can get in the building for on the game time app? I'm going to say... For tomorrow, probably like probably a hundred. Okay. Probably a hundred. I'll say one thirty. One thirty. Okay. Tomorrow you can get in for as low as ninety-six dollars on mm. the game time app. But wow. if you download the game time app, create an account and use code PHNX, you can get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply though. What about game two on Monday? I think game two is probably cheaper, so I'm gonna say 69. Okay. I guess I should have said <laughs> nice. Noise. 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 Uh, I'll go I'll go 95. 95. All right. Well, uh it's kind of split the difference. It's 80 bucks. We'll get you in the door okay. for Monday's game. Again, you can use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. But make sure you get the game time app. You create an account. Again, re redeem that code PHNX. Uh, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Check it all out. I would like to say this because somebody did bring this up. El Coronel said the Nugs may lose their shit if the Suns win game one and this series may be over in four. I will say this. If the Suns come out and they and they play solid in game one and they just feel like they have control of the game, that is going to rattle the Nugs. And I do feel like you could see a scenario where the Suns would win this in five games. Maybe. I could see them maybe getting a little bit too worked up and being a little emotional about it because if they feel any type of way as the fan base does, this is like a must-win series for them. Not just in general, like, you know what I mean, beyond yeah. just moving on in the playoffs. 
obviously, but must win in terms of the lack of respect they probably felt like they got from the Suns and the Suns fan base in the past years and just wanting to put yeah. that whole beef to bed. For sure. So we could see it. Okay, there's a lot of deals that have been going on today. We've gotten word on quite a few of them. A lot of people in the chat have already brought it up, but the biggest one, of course, has to do with the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. They announced today that they have a new media rights deal with Gray Television, Inc. and Kissweed to deliver 100% of each team's locally broadcast games via over-the-air television and streaming. Now, under this new deal, the Suns and Mercury games will be available to nearly 2.8 million households in Arizona, more than tripling the current number of homes the Suns and Mercury can reach. Yeah. This is huge. This is big time. This is a big deal. This is a big time. This is what a lot of people, um, you know, like Espo and myself, the older crowd um that's what we grew up on we watched we watched the suns play on upn 45 growing up um before really it, everything kind of changed a little bit right after the suns won the champion or got to the finals against jordan the next year they started having select games on pay-per-view um and then after that things just kind of spiraled and then it went to to obviously the streaming services and all this other stuff and, and it kind of limited the fan base being able to watch a lot of these games. And so now that's coming back. And I, I, you got to applaud the Ishbias for, for coming up with a deal that's going to get, allow way more Suns fans to be able to watch this team play. Um, you literally will be able to see it statewide. Down in Yuma or out in Yuma, down in Tucson, up in Flagstaff, everybody will have the ability to watch Suns games for free. All you got to do is go buy a digital antenna and hook it up to your TV. That's it. Um, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, some of the things that I, that I did uh, find out. Um, so Kizwe is, is in this deal. Um, they are going to partner up to, with the Suns to develop a, a streaming app um, so that they, you will be able to watch those games uh, through that app. Uh, you'll have to pay a fee to watch those. So this is mostly for the people that are out of state right. or if you want it on your streaming device while you're you know traveling around town you're at school whatever uh, you'll have that opportunity to do that as well so uh, a lot of different ways to be able to watch uh, these games which is fantastic because with Valley Sports Arizona uh, you just couldn't they were on 800,000 TVs that's it that's not good enough that's not going to get the job done uh, when Sinclair took over Bally's one of the things that a lot of and I worked at Bally's. I have firsthand knowledge of this, and I don't really give a shit. Uh, one of the things that they talked about were was uh, we need to get back on YouTube, and we we need to get back on Dish. And for whatever reason, the value just was not taken seriously there. They never were able. They thought the 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 carriage price was too high, but it's because a lot of these carriers were like, well, what's what's in it for us? And they mm -hmm. started you know they started hiking up their prices. So uh, so it really eliminated a lot of people from watching the product. You all know how it feels right now because of you know Pac-12 network is kind of the same model. You can't get them on DirecTV. You can't get them on this service. Can't get them on that service. This is fantastic. And Arizona's family being able to do this uh, alongside with the Suns is a tremendous, tremendous thing for everyone out here that is a Suns fans because you're going to be able to see every single game. And that's fucking dope yeah and you yeah. know like go ahead gerald i was just gonna say that's awesome it's ishbia putting his mouth where his money is i guess you would say um just because he's talked about wanting to upgrade the consumer experience the fan experience and this is a huge part of it because if you can't make it to a game if you don't live in the phoenix area it's a lot harder to catch a lot of these games and now there's a direct to consumer way to go about it whether it's the streaming app 
um, that's that's huge because I, I feel like it's good for the older generation that wants to just watch on their normal TV, and it's good for the newer generation that is cutting cords and, and wants to watch through an app or a streaming device. So this is this is going to be huge for the Suns for their exposure and for kind of developing that that culture here in Arizona, that fan base. Obviously, we know that Suns fans are fantastic fans. They show up. Um, but now a lot more of them are going to be able to show up. So that's this is fantastic news. Um, and I applaud Ishbia for kind of standing by what he was talking about when he wanted to make Phoenix even more of a basketball town. What? Oh, yeah, I was just going to show a quote that Ishbia said in the press release about this one, and it had everything to do with what you just said, Gerald. Ishbia said, I've said from day one that our focus is our fans, our community, and every member of this organization, and this deal checks every box. It's making Suns basketball and Mercury basketball more accessible to people here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big deal because when you really look at, like, these TV deals, a lot of people have brought up, like, the benefits and the cons, the pros and cons, right, of this. Do you make more money by having these big-time TV deals? Yes. Do you also limit the amount of fans who can learn to grow and develop and love your game? Also, yes, because not everybody is going to be able to have access to watch basketball games on a regular basis. And especially from a local level, if you're not like the Lakers or the Warriors or whoever is always on these national TV games and you want to be like, why are all of these Laker jerseys in L- in Phoenix. Why are we seeing Warriors jersey? Well, it's because of the accessibility. Like if they can't yeah. grow up watching the games, they're not going to grow up fans of the team because they're going to become fans of whoever they're able to watch. And this changes a lot of that. And yeah. I will say I don't have any numbers on this, but it wouldn't surprise me if Ishbia was quote unquote losing money oh, he is. in this deal. No. But it's way better long term. And I think that's one thing that is really cool to see. Like he's looking long term. He's looking at fan experience versus just the bottom line. So he is going to lose money short term for sure. Mm-hmm. Like that's listen, you're getting a chunk of change from uh, from Bally's or Sinclair or whatever you want to call them, Diamond Sports Group, um, every single le- uh, season. Now the the Suns are are positioned differently than the other two franchises that were tagged to to Bally's. Let's so let, let me just explain. The Suns run their own production in house. Right. They don't. They don't have a, an external production crew. Um, so like the D backs don't run their own production. Same thing with the Coyotes. The Suns are unique in that. So they have more control, and that's why the, uh, in terms of money and, and and revenue streams and partnerships and sponsors, um, they controlled the pregame. And the game, they allowed Bally's to have the post-game show, um, and obviously that came at a cost. So now you're losing that cost, but you don't know what this deal is going to bring in from Arizona's family. Um, and I think in the, what you've done is, is you've grown the audience immediately, and mm-hmm. so now more people are going to consume your product, which means that – there's going to be uh, an inherent cost raise when it comes to partnerships, right. sponsors, or things. So they will recoup some of that cost. It's it's you're looking to build. Listen, w- the reason why there's a lot of fans around the country that are diehards, like Chicago, for instance, the WGN model. Okay, you could get WGN on every single stream or service period, and Cubs fans and White Sox fans grew up watching Cubs games on WGN and across the country. We watched Cubs games on WGN, even though we weren't Cubs fans, right? 
but it was there, it was available, and oftentimes it was the only game available. And that's genius because now you have a whole country full of Cubs fans because that's what they grew up watching. Now you're going to be able to do that here in-house, and you're going to have 3 million, 4 million, 5 million people being able to consume your product and watch this team grow and hopefully watch some championships and watch this thing completely turn around. And that revenue that they lost early on will come back down the road if they do this the right way. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that they will. So it's, it's fantastic. Okay, so a lot of people in the chat are asking what will happen to Eddie G Johnson, what happens to Tom and Tom and K-Ray and all that stuff. So as Saul mentioned, because the Suns have their own in-house production team, it also means the Suns have full control over who their broadcasters mm -hmm. are. So that's all up to the Suns. It has nothing to do with Bally's. It has nothing to do with Arizona family or who those people, those new partners are. The Suns own all of that. So they sell this, mm -hmm. they sell the commercials. They hire the broadcasters, they pay the broadcasters, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that is all 100% on the Suns to make those decisions. And according to uh, both of those individuals, they have said they're not going anywhere. So it, it looks like that they, they've been assured that they will come back. I hope that's the case. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do. They do a great job. Um, hopefully we still have the boom room because we all love the boom <laughs> room. So. Well, here's the thing. That's not the only deal that is going down with Arizona family. You don't right, say. Saul? Right, right, Saul? Well, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny that that all happened because uh, we have literally signed a deal with uh, Arizona's family. And if you love Phoenix Rising content, well, join us for pregame shows on Arizona's Family 44 uh, starting tomorrow with the very first Rising game on uh, for us uh, in our partnership with them. Uh, and uh, it'll be 30 minutes before every single game. It's going to be fantastic. Our guys, Max Simpson and, and Owen, will do a, a tremendous job. They, they always do a, a tremendous job. But I'm here to tell you, folks, that is not it. We have other things planned. Uh, we have been in, uh, uh, we've had a good relationship with Arizona's family. So you can look out for more things uh, really soon, maybe next week, in terms of the things that we're going to be able to do uh, with them. So, Suns, uh, you know, Phoenix Rising. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. I When I woke up this morning, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, say what now? Did they, they did what on the day that we did what? Oh, this is so dope. So I, I couldn't have timed it any better. And they did not tell us that that was happening at all. Yeah. Like I, the, the only thing I had heard is, uh, well, you know, Friday nights might be a little tricky here and there. Just, uh, you know, I can't say the reason. And I was like, <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? What you can't say the reason? So I started thinking, oh man, it must be Mercury. I had no idea that the suns were in play too. So that's fantastic. So, yeah, so uh, it'll be awesome. Lots of cool stuff happening both here at PHNX with the suns and the Mercury and Arizona's family. So keep an eye out for all of that. And we'll update you guys, of course, as soon as we get more information. I know everyone from out of town is, is really clamoring to get more yeah. information on the app and maybe what the price will be to watch all these Suns and Mercury games and everything in the sort. Uh, one more deal, y'all. One more deal. It's a day full of deals. Kevin Durant has a lifetime Man. deal with Nike. It was announced today. That's insane. That's like, awesome. Talk about being in really good company. KD, I believe it's just who? It's Michael Jordan and LeBron that had similar things? Yep. Yep. So that's pretty big I mean, listen, I, you can't be happier for somebody. I, you know, I think sometimes we, listen, if you were a kid and I think Katie said this too, but like, if you're a kid, holy crap, like 
just to think of something like that, like LeBron, when, when this happened for LeBron, like it's just, it was amazing. And so this is fantastic for Kevin Durant and, and it's even better for us because we're linked to him. So you can only imagine the kind of shoes that we're going to get now. Let's go. I know. Right. And maybe even more shoes from book as well. We saw a few weeks ago here, maybe last week. Like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't he have another one? Yeah, the come Converse out one, yeah. yeah. No, another basketball shoe with Nike come out. Oh. Last week, he had another one. It was oh. like a grayish brown looking color. I wasn't totally sure. Mm. I think there was green. There were green colorways with that. Oh, green um, in there? It's a yeah, lot of colors. A lot of colors that I'm confused about. No, he, it was uh, it was green and he was saying it was tonal colors. So it's like browns, deserty colors is what he's going for with those. Um, but yeah, this is really cool for KD. Um, obviously, another signature shoe on the way. But um, he was asked about what this deal meant to him and then also uh, whether he, when he first entered the league as a, a young man who had no facial hair, whether he ever saw this moment coming and this is what he had to say. Man, it's, it means a lot, man. It's, uh, it's a dream come true. It's something that I've um, been working towards since I was a kid and having a partnership with Nike. So being in that company is... Uh, it's a blessing, so I'm looking forward to it. When that young Kevin Durant signed up, Mr. Bill, with no facial hair, <laughs> did you think that you would be here talking about a lifetime deal? I, I did, to be honest. Like, uh, I did think that, you know, if I stay focused and stay locked in to what I, I know I can do, I can, I can do some big things and I can have a huge partner like that. So it's just a matter of staying focused and having that enjoyment. So keep getting up and doing this every day. So, yeah, I had confidence that I could do so. Um, but a lot of stuff I had to I had to put a lot of work to do. Whoops. Jacob, you left our mics on during that video? Thanks, Jacob. You sure? No, Gerald said hot mic. Gerald said he could hear us. <laughs> no, you, no, you can hear off-air audio. So oh. if you want to give a behind-the-scenes to our viewers. Awesome. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Fancy. Well, I kind of not want to do that. <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to talk about that at all. That was my bad. That was my bad. It's all good. It's all good. Listen, it's it's fantastic. Somebody said, uh, can we get maybe a KD book collab? That would be dope. That would be Listen, super cool. If they won a championship, give me a gold sneaker. I would wear it all day, every day. I would. That would be dope. A gold sneaker. I don't know about that one. Yep. I feel like if you came in here wearing gold sneakers, I would 100% have to wear my Shady Raid sunglasses like 24-7 because they would just be so blinding. Well, if you know they're like mean? if they're like the blinged out like chrome kind of gold, then yeah. I well, guess. what other gold are you thinking? Is that if it's not like, if like, it's not like a chrome looking gold, then it would just be like a yellow. I would, it would be like a, a matte gold. Mm, well, I like the idea of the chrome ones so I that the, I can I wear. Do, I so that the, I have even more of an excuse to wear my shady rays. When I came in here too, I would do the gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know we love to get no? our sunglasses from our friends over at Shady Rays because they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They have your back long after you purchase. And of course, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can also exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Just go to ShadyRays.com and use the code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I'm not going to lie. This is the first time I've had polarized sunglasses, the ones we got from Shady Rays. 
And I really like them. It's kind of fun. Like you get like rainbow colors almost. Too, yeah, you know? I like them, but I did not realize I can't see a lot of stuff on my phone with them. <laughs> I mean, this is true. I'm like, damn it. But it does make it fun. It's a little bit, you know. They're awesome. I love mine. I do too. Uh, so I didn't realize I didn't realize everybody else in the office loved mine too because when I sat down yesterday at Four Peaks, Johnny and Bo had the exact same pair I did, and I was like, "What the heck, man!" So at least you guys were all matching. You yeah. guys, you guys have good style. Yeah, that's what that is. We're all besties. You guys have a really good style. Speaking of Four Peaks, we love our friends over at Four Peaks. How was the draft out there yesterday? It was fantastic. Thank you to everybody that showed up. We had a packed house. Uh, we had the we had the play-by-play going on with Johnny and Bo yesterday. It was and a shout-out to that crew. They were there for five hours. Johnny and Bo, as a two-man team, went for four hours and 45 minutes Sheesh. by themselves. Doing and it, it was nonstop. And they're right back at it again the next day over here, um, as you can watch after this show's over. So pretty dope. Fantastic time over Four Peaks. The food was delicious, as always. The The beer was flowing. They had that Redbird Lager. You can get the Sun's Brew. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a great place to get your beverages. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you guys check them out. You can follow them at Four Peaks Brew to get all of the latest on Arizona's premier cat craft brewery. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink their beer, and we ask you enjoy responsibly. Hey, folks, uh, somebody gave us a thumbs down in, 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 the, in the thing. I don't know why. Apparently, they might be a Denver Nuggets fan. They just wanted to try and sabotage. So please help us out and boost that thumbs up so uh, we can, you know, just kind of squash that a little bit because we don't like hate here. We don't even we don't even hate the Nuggets. We don't hate the Nuggets or the Denver peeps. So fun fact, almost every show that we do gets one thumbs down. And I'm inclined to think it's Bally's that just comes in and gives us a thumbs down. I think it's you. I think it's Jacob. I'm going to blame Jacob for this one. Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Eh, It's whatever. All right. Well, to round out the show, we did want to talk about something that technically doesn't have anything to do with the Suns directly. Sure. But it could potentially come into play uh, later on in the playoffs, should the Suns make it to the finals. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks were eliminated Mm. in the first round. And he had some thoughts after they got eliminated um, because he was asked a very specific question and I think we should have a discussion about this, but let's sure. listen first. But uh, I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, because I'm not that up. We, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every, every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide a house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't, know, I don't, want, to, I don't want to make it personal. So there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years. Won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? no I mean, I don't think so, no. Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year somebody else is gonna win. Similar as that, we're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. 
you know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we, we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. I'll let you guys give your opinions first. Um, so, listen, I think Giannis, Giannis is one of my favorite players because of the way he articulates, first of all, in the second language, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. I couldn't even imagine doing something like that um, in a different country and trying to articulate my thoughts like he is right now. I love his composure. I love the way that he kind of reset himself and didn't make it a personal attack. Um, I think he has some credence when he says that if you don't win a championship, it's not a failure. I agree with that. But it's but as Gerald would say, there are levels to this. I talked about this on the EJ show. I just don't agree with if you need 16 games to win a championship and you only win one, that not being a failure of some sort. Like that is a failure. Like you didn't come you didn't even come close to your targeted goal. Like that's that's a failure by a lot of definitions. And he he talked about promotion and all this other stuff. Listen, guy, like I get it. But I tell you what, if my goal was to get promoted to GM a PHNX and I was like a, you know, a, a tier lower and my my objective was to get 16 million downloads by the end of the year and I only got one. Uh, guess who's not getting that promotion? Would I consider that a failure? Yes, I would. There was this thing when I was in the military called a blue rope and I went up for that thing eight different times and at each and it's like a six step process you got to teach you got to drill and all this other stuff and i failed all eight times and i think about that to this fucking day like because that was one of my biggest failures of my life so you can't sit there and say that all because you didn't reach your goal it's not a failure because what guess what at some point it's the end of the road and if you look back like a guy like charles barkley does he probably feels like because he didn't win a championship, that was a failure. Now, you could probably sit here and say, as you're Giannis, I won a championship, so it's not a failure. These, there are steps to this. Yeah, but you don't know if you're ever getting back. And the ultimate goal is to win a championship, and you didn't even come close to that goal. So I would say that this is a failure. But I love his presentation, and I love his demeanor. So I think there are – I'm conflicted on this because on the one hand, I love his perspective because I do feel like – as fans of this game, we get so caught up routinely in if you don't win a championship that season, your your year was a failure. You didn't yeah. accomplish the ultimate goal. And I get that. All 30 teams go into the season thinking we could have a shot at the playoffs. We could have a shot at the title, whatever. Um, but that's just not realistic. And I think we as fans, when we get caught up in this rings conversation, we miss out on so much of the joy of this game, of the stars that are on our favorite teams of the battles that they go through during the regular season to just get to this point in April and May when you can compete for a championship. And I don't think that should just be lost on anyone. Um, I I love the fact that he has this perspective that, you know, it's about, it's about playing basketball for a living about making money for your family. um, And and you don't get promoted every year, um, that type of thing. But at the same time, like, they just became the number, the sixth number one seed to lose in the first round to an eight seed. Um, that's just a failure. Like that, that it doesn't mean their whole year was a failure. It means their season ended in failure. And that's something that Monty said last year when the Suns got knocked out of the second round in that game seven. That was horrific. 
you know, they, they looked back on the season. There were so many positive moments. It was the best season in franchise history. Devin Booker was a top five MVP candidate. So many things that they celebrate everything, but their season ended in failure. Objectively speaking, it just did. If you have title expectations and you don't get to a championship, then yeah, you can say it ended in failure. And, and I just, I don't think that we should brush aside and say like, oh, there's no failure in sports. There is, but there's also growth in that failure. Mm -hmm. There's learning experiences in that failure and there's transformation in that failure. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that shouldn't get lost when he's talking about there are steps to this. Everything is not linear in terms of championship or not. There is, but they've already won a title. They've had the best record in the NBA. So I do feel like their season ended in failure. And, and I do want to talk about the question being asked because there was a lot of talk about whether that was a fair question whether it was a bad question um i believe that there are definitely bad questions and that sometimes bad questions get the best responses or the most viral responses is it reductive to ask the same question that you asked the year prior sure but this is a guy that shows up to those practices shoot arounds games every single day who's built a rapport with Giannis to the point that he knows his name he's comfortable talking with him and almost directly calling him out in that way. And if you don't put in that work, then you could get a much nastier response. And he got a thought provoking response that everyone is still talking about days later. And sometimes the goal is to ask an open-ended question and let the athlete take it wherever that they want to go, because the whole idea is to learn more about them and to get insightful answers. And that's exactly what he did. And it is a fair question. The number one seed just lost for the sixth time against the number eight seed. Like that's a totally fair thing to ask somebody, even in that moment where they're struggling and, and it's a tough moment after losing. Um, so I, I do think there are a lot of different sides to this conversation, um, but I, I applaud Giannis for his perspective and I wish we could adopt parts of it when it comes to discussing NBA and a season in general. Yeah, and also just like life in general, right? Everyone looks at failure as if it's like this big old red X mark that gets stuck on your forehead or something like that to just let the whole world know that I suck. But it's like mm. failure also helps you build character. It also helps you grow in whatever it is that you're you're spending your life doing. And, and that's, there's a positive in that as well. So I think sometimes it's just like in the way that we throw words around sometimes or the way that somebody is feeling and how they, they kind of perceive you asking that question in that moment. Because everyone's like, well, he got a little defensive. Well, sure, because he felt bad in that moment. He doesn't want to add on to, on to that negative feeling that he's already feeling inside. He wants to try and spin this and turn it, not spin as in like we're twisting the narrative here, but look at it from a positive perspective that this will build character. It'll teach them lessons down the road that maybe they can tap into. I don't know. But I thought it was a fantastic um, answer that he gave. And I love that it got everyone talking about it, too. For sure. For sure. And I, I, I agree with Gerald's point about, you know, like the championship itself is not the end all be all. I think there, there, there is a way to go about this where you can still like, listen, the Sacramento Kings might not win a championship this year, but their season was not a failure. It was a rousing success. They hadn't been to the playoffs in 17 years. Uh, they got that fan base jazzed as all hell. They created a fucking beam that, that lit up the, the NBA world. Like, you can't look at them if they get eliminated in six or seven games to the Warriors and say, oh, was this season a failure? No, it wasn't. Because, again, it's, this is nuanced. Um, but for the Bucks who have been there, they've been there time and time again. Uh, they've had a lot of success. 
it, it is. And I, I think it's okay to, to acknowledge both as being true and both being able to exist at the same time. Han is really mad at us in the chat. Han, don't be mad. He said, ha, I'm losing hard, but not failing right now. Like, don't be mad at us, Han. It's just, I think it's more, it's just a a perspective of trying to take the lumps in stride, right? Like, you learn from them, you find a way to make it a positive in some capacity. I'm still salty because Lindsay literally said, you know, it's not like you wear failure on your forehead. And for me, in my military uh, story, I literally wore fucking failure on my forehead because I didn't have a blue rope around. And everybody's like, oh, you tried. Like, fuck off. But somebody in the chat said, but it made you who you are. It built your character. Sure. Parts of it did. Just the bitterness. <laughs> just the bitterness part of me. <laughs> oh, no. All um, right. Also, well, also, real quick, uh, somebody else in the chat. Uh, we have a couple of super chats. Okay. Yeah. Uh, keep going. Right there. Sideways, it said earlier, uh, when's the next EJ show? Every Thursday, bud. Every Thursday at 9.30 a.m. This past yesterday, we were, we were at 10.45, but usually it's 9.30. And now... Because the playoffs are over for EJ. Maybe he'll come on to some post-game shows. We'll see. Fun stuff. All right. A couple more Super Chats. One from Han. Han, thank you. They said, this NBA playoffs feels more like March Madness. Mm -hmm. It does. Funky It's been fantastic. Um, And then we have one from Leo. Thank you, Leo, for your Super Chat. Said, poor Jake Crowder. Said he doesn't know his purpose with the Bucks. Oh. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. I mean... Let the holdout begin. (laughs) (laughs) Wear the shady rays when you need them. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you all. Um, Thanks for joining us on a Friday afternoon. Don't forget tomorrow. Tip off is at 530, which means we'll be live at five. But if you're in Arizona and you want to come hang out with us again, the Bet MGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. That's where it's all going to be happening. It's going to be loud and popping, baby. Yes. So come hang out with us. Okay. Enjoy your evening. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore Sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. Hey, yo, you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And of course, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. Saul, your turn to take us home. Uh, you ain't got to go home, but don't go to Denver either. Bye bye. Got to understand me. I've always wrecked the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B, always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down like DA on the lob. Best combo since KJ Marley and Charles. If you squat, just sitting on the chat. Get involved. Rhyme say it's got flavor. Known to shine greater. Glide like Tom Chamber.